0: Abuse can happen in many forms. Physical, emotional, and sexual are common expressions of abuse and many more people just don't know how to handle that. If you're an abuser, stop it. If if you are the victim of, of abuse, let the words of the Bible guide you as you decide how to handle the relationship with the abuser. If you're in danger, you need to get away immediately. If your abuse is not life-threatening or is something in your past that you still struggle with, take some time to meditate on God's word on this subject. The spacious, free life is from God. It's also protected and safe. God-strengthened We're delivered from evil. When we run to him, he saves us. Psalms 37. So, as I just heard, we started a new devotional, and it's about abuse. Uh, Today's podcast is going to take base on or some kind of abuse, and also a um, another form of depression in uh, the depressive mood disorder series. So there'll be no uncomfortable talks today. Once again, so pretty well put. All right. So let's just remind ourselves that abuse in any way is never good. It will never get you to a point where you'll grow and you're really at a standstill. And you don't really want to put yourself into a predicament that the abuse gets worse, it gets deeper, or anything like that. You don't want to put yourself through that. There has been multiple of people that I've known that have suffered through those type of abuses, whether if it was sexual, whether if it was uh, f- uh, physical or emotional type of abuse, and I'm just going to say that. What was pretty much just been said, put, that I just read from the devotional, pretty much just stands out. But at the same time, a lot of people can't really handle that to where they can't just go or get away. Because the problem would be, what if the abuser actually has some form of weapon? What happens if the abuser actually locks their victims or victim into a basement and they can't get out? You know, it's now I'm not saying that the that you know that devotional is straight dead wrong for saying what they say. It's the absolute truth. Don't put yourself any deeper than you already are, you know. If, you're, if you have the opportunity to go ahead and get out of it, do so. Because that's very important is to take that minute, realize what you're going through, what you are dealing with, and get the hell out. Get out. And I think that's very important that you recognize the form of abuse. Just take that moment. That's the message. Okay, so there's something here that has been bothering me for quite some time, and I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about it. Uh, it wasn't until uh, Wednesday, just past Wednesday, that uh, Darren actually brought into my attention We was doing uh, one of our segments for Instagram TV. A podcast. Um, I'm going to talk about chat abuse. I'm going to pull up. I pulled up a, a couple of articles. Uh, one I pulled up was from Facebook, and the other one I just pulled up was from uh, the Google search and an article from a company called Fatherly. So, excuse me, excuse me, I'm tired. It's been a long day. Um, so, I'm we'll gonna go ahead and I'm we'll to take a look at this. And, uh, we will read this and I'll uh, give my thoughts about the uh, choppies. So, the wealth of Facebook goes like this. Psychology review reveals how spanking harms a child's mental health. Where do you stand on spanking a child? Did your parents spank you? Many other countries would dare use hitting as a form of punishment. Yet, America, one of the world's freest nations, has many people who resort to acts of physical violence to discipline their children. Did you know that more than 70% of Americans believe that spanking their child is an acceptable form of punishment? However, what they don't realize is the amount of mental damage they're doing. Sure, the stain from a belt or switch will quickly fade, with the marks left on the child who suffers from physical reprimand, it can last a lifetime. While spanking is a form of corporal punishment, <sighs> excuse me again, that's my second time yawning in a row, it's a very mild form. Did you know that the American Academy of Pediatrics says that a child of any age should never be struck as a form of discipline. The The midwestern part of the country seems to be more favorable of this type of correction than other parts of America. Did you know that your education level can dictate whether or not you respect? If you're highly educated that you are less likely to use this form of punishment. However, people who have a high school education or less seem to favor spanking as a form of a command. The problem with spanking comes down to the disciplinary. See, many parents strike their children when they are angry, scared, stressed out, afraid, or fear their next move. It's often used as a last resort when there are no more options. Some experts call spanking an adult tantrum where nothing is ever resolved. And it only makes the situation worse. Now, you may have the occasional time where your child ticks you off and you swallow. While it's still wrong, it's not going to cause any long-term damage. The problem comes into play when you're repetitive, repetitively turned to physical violence to spank your child. This is a very problem when you think that the only way you can handle your child is to hit them. Hitting the kid doesn't teach them anything at all. It shows them that if you don't like the way someone is acting, you can hit them, and it settles the score. So why is it that physical discipline never works? Striking a child should never be a dominant disciplinary method. Everyone makes mistakes and many don't know how to handle the situation. Use the past to make better decisions for the future. Here are 10 reasons why you should never use corporal punishment on your children. Violence is never okay. If you use physical correction on your child, you teach them that this is an acceptable way to deal with anger and conflicts. It's also very contradictory to societal norms, making them feel, making the child feel singled out and ashamed. Inflicting pain on a child is damaging. Making your child feel pain for the wrong choice in life is cruel. Some people believe that they are doing things for the child's good, but the theory of no pain, no gain doesn't apply here. Child child rearing is about love, not to hurt, so you need to find effective discipline methods that show you love them. It damages you too. Not only is striking your child emotionally damaging to them, but it also is damaging to you. If you ever spanked your child and felt horrible afterwards, you may doubt your parenting skills and feel doubt, remorse, or guilt over your actions. It makes parents feel like a bully and not a god in life. Children can suffer esteem problems. Hitting of any kind can be damaging to a child's ego. When you spank them, they feel as if there is something wrong with them. They don't question their behavior as they're feeling the pain from the from their parent hitting them. Did you know that this action can lead to self-image issues as well as body image problems? Know the signs of depression in children. That's... I guess that's the point blank period there. You're putting your child into a powerless position. When you're bending a child over a bed to spank them you are making them feel powerless when a person feels helpless and out of control then they will act out even more the study shows that spanking can cause children to act worse not better it shows poor coping skills parents, still, the parents need to instill respect, values, and standards for their children however when you're hitting a child it's hard to show them any anything other than anger and poor coping skills. It crosses the child's personal boundaries. Things have certainly changed over the past few decades. This generation knows how to respect their body and to keep people out of their personal space. You teach them that no one should ever cross their boundaries. Yet, when a parent respects a child, it does just that. Striking the child will break their trust as well as evade any sense of security the child feels. Hitting is not effective communication. Every action causes a reaction. Well, every action causes a reaction. If your child is having an issue and acts out, they will not be eager to talk to you when you spank them. Instead, sitting down and getting... Getting to the crux, getting the crux of the problem, will do more for them than hitting of could. It's a bad path to start down. With traditional discipline, parents start with a timeout, then grounding, and there is a progression of steps. The punishments become more difficult as the child's behavior continues. However, when you respect of a child, there's nowhere to go from there. In the most instances, the whippings become greater and turn into physical abuse. Again, it's another way for the parent to take out their anger on the child. Sadly, it doesn't make anyone feel better once it's over. It doesn't work. Hitting your child doesn't work as an effective form of discipline. You may stop the behavior momentarily, but the backlash from the act of physical violence is long-lasting. In the end, it's probably going to make the situation much worse. Is it child abuse? Many experts believe that spanking your children is child abuse. True, some parents believe that a small child and a tap on the hand can help them to know a stove is hot and not to touch it. However, when you're still striking a child that is 12-15 years of age, then it's not about redirection. Child abuse is defined as anything that causes physical, psychological, or neglect of a child by their parent or caregiver. Since banking causes physical and mental pain, it's more than justified as abuse some areas of the country allow a child to be spanked if there are no physical marks left behind. When a police officer or child, child protected service worker sees bruises, burns, strange marks and other signs of abuse on the child then they can take them. Fans try to use physical discipline too many times and it ends up as a violent encounter. Acceptable forms of punishment. Now that you know that what kind of discipline is unacceptable, you should know what works well. Keep in mind that the child's age and circumstances dictate your reaction, but this is a general guideline. A stern talk. Talk to your child about why their behaviors are not okay and make sure they understand. The older the child, the more talking you can do. Don't call names, yell, or make threats talk to them with calm convoys as they will be more receptive. Isolation. The key is to remove the child from the environment to give them time to think. This could be a timeout or being sent to their room. A naughty chair also works great. The time of isolation should be for long periods. Experts recommend one minute per each year old. So a three year old should shift for three minutes. Withholding. Withholding means to take something from the child that they hold near and dear. You can remove or limit video games, computers, phones, time with friends, and deny other privileges. This method of punishment seems to work best with older kids. Grouting is a timeout for the things they love to give them, give them time to think about their actions. Some parents ground to the bedroom and they can only come out to eat or use the restroom. Others were grounded for a specific period. During that time, they're not allowed to do anything fun. Being a parent is hard and no one comes with a handbook, or well, no child comes with a handbook. You want to do the best you can to raise it. You want to do the best you can and raise healthy individuals. However, when it comes to discipline, it almost always reverts to the way you were punished. There are too many studies that show that children have been spanked or damaged psychologically, and you wouldn't wish that on any enemy, let alone your child. That's the first article. Of Here's the second one I want y'all to hear. Um, This article comes from fatherly. Um, So a study came out that says that spanking is physical abuse. So researchers say that drawing a line between spanking and physical abuse is theoretically impossible. More data had just emerged suggesting spanking is both ineffective and harmful. A new study published in the Journal of Pediatrics has revealed that kids who are spanked have behavioral issues similar to children who have been neglected and abused. And the researchers are making a call for change. The question we need to consider when we talk about spanking is how we should define hitting that's okay, explains Dr. Julie Ma. Lead researcher and assistant professional at social work at the University of Michigan Flint. If spanking is not physical abuse, how do we define it? The line we're trying to draw is theoretically impossible. Ma and her team from the University of Michigan set out to understand the effects of spanking as compared to adverse childhood experiences, or ACE, or ACEs. As defined defined by the central sentence, Standards for Disease Control and Prevention. ACEs are are forms of child maltreatment and include physical abuse, neglect, and exposure to family family violence. Substance abuse and mental health issues. ACEs are tracked by the CDC as a measure of community health because there are known to increase the likelihood a child will engage in violence, drug abuse, or suffer mental health issues themselves. To tease out the effect of ACEs compared to spanking researchers compared longitudinal data from, the, from over 2,000 families collected in the federal families and child well-being study, then they compared the reported problem behaviors of children whose parents reported aces and those who reported only spanking their child. <clears throat> even, if we, even after we controlled for what's happening in terms of their of aces, spanking was a pre- predictor of kids' aggressive behavior. My says. that prompted an important question the effects of spanking were essentially indistinguishable from the effect of faces like abuse and neglect. Then should spanking be considered an adverse childhood event. It was logical, but the change would likely require a shift in the legal defini- defini- definition of abuse. Currently, the majority of state laws draw a line between spanking and physical abuse at the point a blow leaves a mark on the child's body. If physical discipline does not leave welts, bruises, or contusions, then it's not considered abuse. But while a child's body can review, reveal acts of violence, it's harder to see the very real and serious effects in a child's mind. As adults, we understand a little more clearly what is and what isn't an abuse in this country because we have legal definitions. But to kids, we can't explain that Spanking is not hitting in a legal sense. So, what kids are perceiving may be different, says Bob. If kids are a hit, they are hit. Being exposed to violence is what is harming kids. From a global perspective, the United States is lagging behind much of the world in our attitudes towards spanking. In fact, there are 19 American states that still allow corporal punishment, like paddling in schools. Meanwhile, the United Nations considers spanking a form—spanking a spanking a form of childhood violence. And of the 37 member Countries Of the Organization of Economic Cooperation And Development Of which the US Is one Of 24 including Germany Israel and Japan Have banned spanking In all settings Still parental sentiments About spanking Seem to be changing a 2020 study by the University of Minnesota found that Gen X and millennials, the current generation of parents with young children are less inclined to hit. That study reported that of parents with two to four-year-old children in 2017, only 35% say they spanked their child. That's nearly 30% decrease from 93 to with 60% of parents of children the same age said they spanked, but any kid, but any kid hit is too many, and spanking will likely linger in the United States until the legal definition of abuse is changed. Hopefully, any hitting by caregivers will be considered abuse," says Ma. That is the definition of, in countries that have adopted a legal change definite and defining spanking and other ways of hitting as abusive parental behavior okay so that's the second article and it was following let me give my thoughts about childhood Comes to child abuse, I believe, like they said, there should be a fine line between abuse and not abuse. Now, I believe in spanking and hitting your child. That's your child. This is how. Children like ourselves, like me, Darren McCauve, how we grew up, where mom spanked us, and whooped us, It's a pure example of how we grew up. It didn't necessarily change anything. we came out to be the best us that we have ever had seen we didn't turn 14, 15 years old and had kids and was doing drugs and drinking a lot of alcohol and stuff like that we didn't go and let our mental health show what we would show if we were mentally abused. Because the discipline of hitting and getting a whooping was to show that our parents cared, that our mother cared and loved us, and that she was great raising grown children. That's what it shows. Now, y'all want to talk about what is child abuse let's talk about it. what is child abuse it's the same thing as if any person that was married that's getting into a physical or emotional abuse or any other that is getting sexually abused The only difference between them is the child, the physical, and the emotional, and the sexual abuse. They're all the same. They're all the same. Y'all want to talk about crime of abuse? Let's talk about it. Who helped Brianna Taylor when she got abused? Got plenty of times. A no knock warrant. Who helped her then? Who helped George Floyd when he had his knee, when had an officer's knee nailed down on his neck? He couldn't breathe for over eight minutes. Who helped him then? These are abuse, right? So, you're wanting to take a parent that respectfully had a child and whooped their child out of love and condition turn right around to be treated like a Breonna Taylor and a George Floyd that don't seem fair at all that don't seem fair at all now every abuser should be held accountable for their behavior all parents should not be parents if they do actually commit this kind of crime to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a parent hitting, whooping their child out of love and respect. It's their child. They do what they want. And so now you're going to make this rephrase and this change because y'all feel that parents are committed a crime. And the definition of child abuse hasn't been changed. Let's be real. If y'all going to do that, there's got to be justice for Breonna Taylor. Man. She didn't do anything and she didn't deserve to get killed the way she did. Y'all pretty much just abused her and they all got away with it. Nobody has been held accountable as an abuser. Nobody but y'all so worried about child abuse y'all so worried about child abuse oh yeah it's a big thing to worry about but we got bigger fish to fry bigger fish to fry why is this so unfair that a parent has to take their parenting strategies their parenting privileges taken away because of a non-mark that they left on the child when they got a whooping or spanking y'all trying to bring that in to as a crime as an abuse Really Is is this Is this the path That we're really going to go down When it comes down to child abuse Like I said Child abuse is a no no But a child spanking and a whooping Is a form Of growth it's a form of growth it changed me it changed Darren. and it changed Nicole and it changed everybody that I went to school with you got a bad grade in school you're getting a whoop. rather if that parent feels bad or not they're still a parent at the end of the day they are still going to do what they got to do y'all talk about what helps what can help discipline y'all can talk about that and that's totally fine there are people that can follow this guideline to help discipline without whoopings and it still ain't getting them nowhere I'm witnessing that right now as we speak it wasn't until that belt got put. In, if that belt got put out. And been in use. Is when things start to change for the better. It's just that nobody. From the psychology world. Don't want to understand. Or don't have kids. To understand. Where the form from whoopings to hitting to committing a crime. If they did, then you bet your bottom dollar that they don't support the Black Lives Matter movement. That's just in my personal opinion. I'm not saying that my opinion is a fact I'm just saying that my opinion is an opinion and I feel that this whole child abuse ordeal is something that should not be changed but it is being changed because they feel like it's a form of abuse a lot of people have gotten whooping with spankings when they was kids and they turned out just fine, then there was people that didn't get weapons, they did get hit as they was kids, that still badass Who knows? Who knows what? That spent time in jail doing drugs and all that, being rebellious as kids. So, what is psychology really trying to tell y'all? What is it? what is psychology really trying to tell you psychology is really trying to tell you that it works within the mind it works within the mind when it comes down to a kid trying to listen to a parent no a kid listens to a parent when they effing want to not when they have to I don't care if the kid has been has not been spanked if that kid has not been spanked or hit that kid is still not going to listen to the parent unless if they want to it's their decision on what they do is that wrong yes it is and at that point that belt should be out That hand should be out To spank and whoop There should be no fine line Between that Now I can understand When When they say When psychologists say That Parents use that As a form of anger And they take it out Towards their kids that is 100% understandable. No doubt within that mind frame, that is absolutely correct. But if you have a strong if you have a strong-minded parent that has an idea on how they're going to handle their child and they still choose to discipline them as whoopings and still also doing the alternative, Then there's nothing wrong with that. There should be nothing wrong with that. At all. Some parents are still going to continue to discipline their kids the way that they need to discipline them, To what fits. I just want y'all to understand that. I want y'all to understand the psychology... As y'all thinking from a two-way street I have gotten to a point Where I used to quote from Tom Hardy Tom Hardy says I've gotten to a point now That I look both ways on a one-way street That's how much faith I have in humanitarian Now, that poses for psychologists, psychology to believe that spanking a child, hitting a child is a form of a crime, unless it does a bruise or blood that enables violence. They just have a bruise on their behind. Why in the world should a parent get in trouble for that? Why because you because psychologists believe that that's a crime? That in their minds this is the way that this needs to be done. But regardless they didn't his just don't bother to tell people or tell parents hey when you take this alternative don't spank your child some of this shit still may not work that's the truth right there some of that shit probably ain't gonna work like I said just a few minutes ago a child is gonna listen whenever they want to not when they have to cause it's their decision This is just my opinion And that's how I stick to that But that's all I have For that portion Um, I want to welcome everybody To Breaking Mental Health with Daryl I am your host Daryl Watts Let's pinpoint this down to the final subject And that is the main ones of uh, Treatment Resistant Depression. This is an important one. And I want everybody to stay tuned to this because I think this is the very most important of uh, depressive mood disorder series that I need to talk to y'all about. Now, now I know a lot of y'all may have heard this, some of y'all may not. But stay tuned. When I come back, I will discuss this. Be right back. What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody's okay. Hope everybody is well. Positive thinking today. Positive, positive thinking today. I oh, wish remember that. Positive thinking. Alright. I'm Dura. And we're back. Got a very important present food disorder I got to discuss with y'all real quick um, I took off a lot of time on the child abuse ordeal and I still got some material that I need to read for one article the Mayo clinic mayoclinic.org uh, article uh, from treatment resistant depression so um, pretty much a quick breakdown of treatment-resistant depression. This is this is a term where if you're taking something or you're getting treatments for your depression but they're not working, that's where it comes to treatment-resistant depression. When none of your treatments or your medication is working to help form or reduce the problems of your depression. So um, that's just a brief quick breakdown of that. So let's go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and read this so we can learn more about how this is working. If you've been if you've been treating for depression but you're stuck in having improved you may have treatment-resistant depression. Taking an antidepressant or going to a psychological counseling, which also means psychotherapy, uh, eases depression symptoms for most people. But with treatment-resistant depression, standard treatments aren't enough. They may not help much at all, or your symptoms may improve in order to keep coming back. If your primary care doctor prescribes antidepressants and your depression symptoms continue despite treatment, ask your doctor if he or she can recommend a healthcare provider who specializes in diagnosing and treating mental health conditions. So, as I read this before, but when it comes down to any other depression, I'm going to read it again. The psychiatrist reviews your medical history and may ask about life situations that might be contributing to your depression. Uh, Consider your response to treatment, including medication, psychotherapy, or other treatments you've tried. Review all the medications you're taking, including non prescription drugs and cell uh, supplements. Discuss whether you're taking your medications as prescribed and following other treatment steps. Uh, Consider physical health conditions that can sometimes cause or worse depression, such as thyroid disorders, chronic pain, or heart problems. Consider a diagnosis of another mental condition, such as bipolar disorder, which can cause or worsen depression and may require different treatment. Dysthymia, a mild but long-term chronic form of depression or personality disorder that contri- contributes to depression, not getting better. Now, remember, I did do dysmithia maybe a couple of weeks ago on a recent episode of this series, and I did mention that having this media may not also help or improve the condition that you're in, it's just a matter of trying to pinpoint the problem. I did mention that. Uh, Treatment resistant to pressure symptoms can range from mild to severe. It may require a number of approaches to identify what helps. Medication Strategies If you've already tried an antidepressant and it didn't work, don't lose hope. You your physician simply may not have found the right dose. Medication or combination of medications that works for you. Here are some medication options that your doctor may discuss with you. Give your current medications more time. Antidepressants and other medications of form of depression for depression typically take four to eight weeks to become fully effective and for the side effects to ease up. For some people, it takes even longer. Increase your dose if indicated. Because people respond to medication differently, you may benefit from a higher dose of medication than usually prescribed. Ask your doctor whether this is an option for you. Don't change your dose on your own as several factors are involved in determining the proper dose. Switch antidepressants. For a number of people, the first antidepressant tried is, isn't effective. You may need to try several, several before you find one that works for you. Add another type of antidepressant. Your doctor may prescribe two different cases of antidepressants at the same time. That way, they'll affect a wider range of brain chemicals linked to mood. These chemicals are neurotransmitters that include dopamine, serotonin, and non. oh, sorry. and no grip nor epinephrine. Nor an epiphragm. Add a medication generally used for another condition. Your doctor may prescribe a medication that's generally used for another mental or physical health problem. Along with, anti- along with the antidepressant, this approach, known as argumentation, may include antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, Anti-anxiety medication Thyroid hormone or other drugs Consider Pharmaconic I'm sorry Pharmacognetic Testing These tests check for specific genes That indicate how well your body can process uh, Metabolize A medication based on additional factors Currently, kind of. I just said the word too, but I'm not going to say it again. Those tests are not a sure way to show if a medication works for you, but these tests can prove, I'm sorry, can provide important clues for treatment, particularly in people who have many side effects or have poor results with certain medications. These tests are not always covered by insurance. Psychological counseling. Psychological, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Psychological counseling, which is psychotherapy by a psychiatrist, psychologist, or other mental health professionals, can be very effective. For many people, psychotherapy combined with medication works best. It can help identify underlying concerns that may be adding to your depression, and working with your therapist. You can also learn specific behaviors and strategies to overcome your depression. For an example, psychotherapy can help you find better ways to cope with life changes, deal with past emotional trauma, manage relationships in a healthier way, learn how to reduce the effects of stress in your life, address substance use issues. If counseling doesn't seem helpful, talk to your psychotherapist about trying a different approach. Or considering seeing someone else. As with medications, it may take several tries to find a treatment that works. Psychotherapy for depression may include cognitive behavioral therapy. This common type of counseling addresses thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that affect your mood. It helps you identify and change distorted or negative thinking patterns and teaches you skills to respond to life changes in a positive way. Acceptance and Commitment Therapy A form of cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy helps you to engage in positive behaviors, even when you have negative thoughts and emotions. It's designed for treatment-resistant conditions. Interpersonal Psychotherapy Interpersonal psychotherapy focuses on resolving relationship issues that may contribute to your depression. The family or marital therapy. This type of therapy involves family members or your spouse or partner in counseling. Working out stress in your relationship can help you with depression. Dialecto, dialectical behavior therapy. This type of therapy helps you build acceptance strategies and problem-solving skills. This is useful. This is useful. Useful for chronic suicide thoughts or self-injury behaviors. Which sometimes accompany treatment Resists depression Ooh, excuse me. Group psychotherapy This type of counseling involves A group of people who struggle with depression Working together with the psychotherapist Mindfulness Mindfulness involves paying attention And accepting one's thoughts and feelings Without judging them as a right or wrong In a given Behavioral activation. This type of treatment works for depressed individuals to gradually decrease their avoidance and isolation and decrease their engagement in activities that they once enjoyed or activities that have been shown to improve mood. Procedures to treat depression. If medications and psychotherapy doesn't aren't working, you may want to talk to a psychiatrist about additional treatment options. Repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulations, which is RTMS. This type of treatment uses magnetic fields to stimulate nerve cells in the brain to improve symptoms of depression. An electro and an electric mo, I'm sorry, an elect, electromagnetic coil is placed against your scalp near your forehead. The electromagnet used in RTMS creates electric currents that stimulate nerve cells in the region of your brain involved in mood control and depression. Typically, this treatment is delivered over 30 minute sessions in rapid burst. This treatment can now be delivered over briefer sessions with dosing called intermittent delta uh, burst stimulation. Ketamine. Ketamine is a medication. That's delivered through an IV in low doses. It's used for rapid relief of hard-to-treat depressive symptoms, and its effect, and its effects, can last for days to weeks. Usually, it's given in decreasing frequencies over several weeks. The FDA approved an intranasal form called Excatamine given given the physician's office or a clinic under the supervision of a healthcare provider to monitor for possible serious side effects, and because of the potential for abuse and misuse. Exceda is for adults who have tried at least two other antidepressant medications that did not adequately apt- control symptoms. Ketamine and esketamine eschatonamine work in the brain in a different way than standard antidepressants and each is typically used within within an oral antidepressant electroconvulsive convulsive therapy which is CCT while you're asleep a carefully measured dose of electricity is passed through your brain intentionally triggering a small brief seizure ECT seems to cause changes in brain chemistry that can relatively quickly reverse symptoms of a major depression although there are potential side effects such as temporary confusion or temporary memory loss a series of ECT treatments may provide significant relief of severe depression vagus nerve stimulation Generally, VNS is tried after another brain stimulation therapy such as ECT or RTMS have not been successful in improving symptoms of depression. VNS stimulates the vagus nerve with electrical impulses. This treatment uses a device implanted in your chest that's connected by a wire with a to a nerve in your neck, the vagus nerve electrical signals from the implant travel along the vagus nerve to the mood centers of the brain which may improve uh, depression symptoms. Be sure to find out whether your insurance covers any treatment that's recommended. So, other steps you can take? Take the most of the present treatment. Stick to your treatment plan. Don't skip therapy sessions or appointments. It'll take time to get better. Even if you feel well, don't skip your medications. If you stop, depression symptoms may come back, and you could experience withdrawal-like symptoms. If side effects of drug costs are a problem, talk to your doctor. Oh, excuse me, talk to your doctor and pharmacist to discuss options. Stop drinking or using recreational drugs. Many people with depression drink too much alcohol. Use recreational drugs or marijuana. In the long run, alcohol and drugs worsen depression and make it harder to treat. If you can't stop drinking alcohol or using drugs on your own, talk to your doctor or health professional. Depression treatment may be unsuccessful until you address your susten- substance use. Manage stress, relationship issues, financial problems, and unhappy work life. And many of the issues can all contribute to stress, which in turn worsens depression. Try stress reduction techniques such as yoga, Tai Chai, meditation, mindfulness, progressive muscle relaxation, or radical thoughts on a journal. Sleep well. Poor sleep may worsen depression. Both the amount of time and how well you sleep can affect your own. energy level ability to concentrate, and resilience to stress. If you have trouble sleeping, research ways to improve your sleep habits or ask your doctor or mental health professional for advice. Get regular exercise. Get regular exercise. I preach this now. That and... That and psychotherapy. I preach on those a lot. Now this says on time, it may not work. It may not work for people, but that's still the vocal point. My personal opinion. Exercise has a, di- a direct effect on mood. Even physical activities such as gardening or walking can reduce stress, improve sleep. And ease depressive symptoms don't settle for a treatment that's partially effective at relieving your depression or one that works but causes intolerable side effects work with your doctor or other mental health professional to find the best treatment possible even though it may take time and effort to try new approaches that's it for that I'm just gonna say just reading from this That If you suffer from the treatment resistant depression Just know and understand that You don't You don't necessarily have A Dead end You don't necessarily have that You just now have Where The treatments aren't 100% Working to your favor and everything that needs to be pinpointed will really have to be digged dig in deeper. And I think it's important. And like I said, this is this is why I always preach on psychotherapy. I preach on psychotherapy because if you're having a conversation with somebody about your problems and you're pinpointing things that are not important or you're pointing out very small detail or context clues that will help them, the psychologist understand where you're coming from, that could very well help you in that long run. Always. I I don't care what it is that you have to say. Whatever you say it, let that shit rip okay, talk that shit out because the minute that you hold back on anything that you're thinking about will may not help you in that long run get that small detail out, get that petty stuff out get anything that is on your mind out even if it's not important get it out Get it out. That could very well help, also. And you may not have to go to that stage of, of the uh, resistance, of the treatment, resistant treatment, depression. You probably wouldn't have to go through it. And I also preach on exercise because your mind is triggering for motivation, encouragement. The so lack of encouragement is not going to train your brain to turn into the no positive aspects. It will turn into a negative. You're going to find every excuse in the book not to figure out how to exercise or how you're going to try to get yourself on a proper diet. It's not going to do that. That's why exercising is key. It's critical. But you have to get your brain to that positive aspect. You have to get your mind and your body and your soul to actually do the motivate. Every day that you're crushing it, rather if you don't wanna go to the gym or not, rather not go to or exercise or not, you still gotta crush it, regardless. That's why I preach on those two things those two things are very important I can't get down to the other stuff for part of treatments for depression because I'm not 100% good with them. I don't know how those work but I just tell you from my opinion that psychotherapy and exercising are would be one of my two top ones just to help understand where you're coming from Like journaling the stuff down If you actually talking that shit out The psychotherapists are going to actually Write that down They're going to pinpoint everything So they can can pretty much get an accurate conception Of why you're feeling this way And what they can do To get things together for you So they can help Treat these issues That's it that is it. That's how important it is, in my personal opinion, when it comes to that. But that's all I got. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to me. Thank you for joining in and enjoying this. Um, I will say that um, at some point, I don't know when specifically, I'll probably already be done with the uh, Depressive Mood Disorder series. But I've been in contact With uh, Some people About the uh, PMMD The premenstrual disorder and I've gotten in contact with some people On uh, Instagram And these are the same Very same people that suffer from PMDD That are uh, Suffering And I'm trying to... I've already connected with them. Let me let me put that straight. I've already connected with them. You know, I'm just trying to get more information so I can be able to help myself so I can get the message out for uh, that type of disorder. And that's very important. Um, and I think that at that very moment that... Uh, when I did, I actually got in contact with that person. So I can find out what's going on. I just need to know. So. Yeah. That that series is going to be continued. So believe that. And understand that. It's going to happen. But. Uh, but I'm going to continue. The depressive mood disorder. Next week. Um, we're going to continue uncomfortable talks If nothing else comes up so We're going to continue that And of course I'm going to share the message I'm going to uh, go into devotions And this week And next week go on We're going to be talking about anger So stay tuned for that But until then Stay true to yourself And always remember When it comes to listening one step closer to bringing awareness let's go